Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, uh, my name is Jem Aiken. I'm a professor of medicine at the University of Michigan, and I would like to talk about the rationale for tyrosine kinase inhibition in non-advanced systemic mastocytosis in this episode. Non-advanced mastocytosis is the most common form of mastocytosis uh, and is generally associated with a normal or near-normal life expectancy. But uh, these patients uh, do suffer from a variety of uh, different mast cell activation-related symptoms. Uh, As you see in this slide, uh, the impact on quality of life in patients with mast cell disorders uh, can be very significant. Uh, Unpredictability uh, of the symptoms ranked as the number one concern in this uh, survey that we conducted uh, back in 2014, but various other aspects like inability to work, fatigue, uh, gastrointestinal complaints and anaphylactic episodes, and fear and anxiety of dealing with an unknown or uh, a rare disease uh, also uh, were uh, cited uh, frequently. Uh, The symptom burden in systemic mastocytosis can be measured in different ways. Uh, This is one way of measuring it. It's called uh, symptom uh, assessment form uh, as uh, developed by uh, the Blueprint Medicines. And it uh, asks for 11 different domains, uh, bone pain, abdominal pain, nausea, and so on, as you see in the slide. And each of these symptoms are scored from zero to 10. So in a patient with very severe symptoms, the maximum uh, score one can get is 110. And in patients with no symptoms, the, the minimum score is, is uh, seven. Uh, these uh, patients also uh, experience uh, work impairment as a result of uh, having this uh, the disease, uh, for example, reduced. Uh, they may have to reduce their work hours. Uh, they might quit their jobs or take an early retirement. Uh, about one out of three patients uh, go on medical disability um, and uh, and even uh, terminate it uh, from the job. And uh, they do uh, get uh, uh, injectable epinephrine uh, because the. Risk of anaphylaxis is approximately 50% uh, in adult patients uh, through the lifetime. And uh, some of these patients use uh, the epinephrine uh, as needed for these anaphylactic uh, symptoms. And when we compare the symptom burden and systemic mastocytosis uh, to other diagnoses, uh, we uh, see that uh, this is looking at uh, SF12 uh, uh, symptom uh, scores. Uh, it is actually uh, very comparable to other disorders that you see here, like uh, colorectal uh, cancer, anemia, uh, depression, uh, and and so on. So um, this is why uh, we um, uh, keep looking for uh, new treatment options. Um, The uh, standard treatment uh, in mastocytosis is anti-mediator treatment, uh, including H1 and H2 antihistamines and uh, leukotriene blockers uh, and a variety of other uh, anti-mediator targeting drugs. 
But uh, when uh, this is not enough and the patient is experiencing these uh, disabling symptoms, then uh, we uh, uh, consider the next step, which is the cytoreductive uh, treatment in uh, non-advanced mastocytosis. Now, these cytoreductive treatments uh, have already been uh, used uh, as an approved uh, form of treatment in advanced mastocytosis. Um, and uh, as I mentioned, uh, they are also uh, being employed in indolent uh, systemic mastocytosis refractory to symptomatic treatments. And traditionally, these patients consisted of alpha interferon and cladribine before the emergence of tyrosine kinase inhibitors because um, uh, the, the new kinase inhibitors uh, now have not only more uh, efficacy, but also lower toxicity than uh, alpha interferon and, and cladribine. Tyrosine kinase inhibitors work by inhibiting the disease-driving mutation uh, D816V kit uh, in uh, mastocytosis, and uh, they can be uh, uh, separated into three broad categories, uh, wild-type uh, kit inhibitors, and the prototype here is imatinib. And uh, this uh, drug is unfortunately not a, vi a viable option for the majority of patients uh, because uh, the majority of the patients have the D816V kit variant. And then um, midostorin is the uh, prototype that has been FDA uh, approved for advanced systemic mastocytosis, and it inhibits both wild type and D816V. Uh, the citinib uh, does uh, have some activity in vitro, but is not a very good uh, uh, in vivo medication um, for these uh, patients. And then uh, primarily D816V kit inhibitors. And in this group, we have everpritinib, uh, which is FDA approved for advanced uh, mastocytosis, and also elanistinib and uh, bezoclastinib. Evapritinib has been evaluated in non-advanced uh, systemic mastocytosis in Pioneer uh, trial, and uh, and this uh, trial compared 25 milligrams of evapritinib to placebo over a course of 24 weeks, and the primary endpoint was reduction in uh, symptom scores as assessed by symptom assessment form that I mentioned earlier. And as you see here, the red line here indicates the placebo and the blue line is evapritinib, um, and uh, there is a significant difference in symptom reduction between placebo and 25 milligrams of evapritinib. And when the placebo patients rolled over to 25 milligrams of uh, evapritinib in the open part of the trial, uh, all of those patients uh, eventually uh, caught up with the uh, evapritinib uh, extent of uh, symptom improvement. Uh, this uh, trial also resulted in reduction of mast cell burden uh, and the surrogate marker of uh, mast cell burden, uh, such as tryptase levels, bone marrow mast cell infiltrates, and uh, the burden of uh, D816V allele uh, in, uh, in peripheral blood and bone marrow. Uh, the... Um, uh, uh, next slide uh, is uh, about the investigational kit targeting, D816V targeting uh, tyrosine kinase inhibitors, uh, elanistinib and bezoclastinib. Uh, both drugs have uh, lower brain penetration and uh, they do not uh, cross uh, blood-brain barrier in significant uh, amounts. Um, and bezoclastinib 
um, in addition, does not inhibit uh, uh, other uh, kinases uh, such as platelet drug growth factors. Um, uh, and in the end, um, risk versus benefit uh, ratio should be considered for each patient uh, when um, deciding on tyrosine kinase uh, treatment in non-advanced disease. On one hand, we know that these uh, drugs improve symptoms and improve quality of life, decrease the skin lesions, uh, and decrease the polypharmacy um, related to anti-mediator treatment. On the other hand, uh, we have to be cognizant of the uh, unknown long-term side effects. They have been uh, safe in, in short term with no um, uh, significant uh, or serious adverse events uh, in, this in the Pioneer trial, uh, at least for evapritinib, uh, but we don't know about the long-term uh, side effects. Uh, and reproductive risk uh, should be discussed with the patient because they are contraindicated in pregnancy, um, and uh, the need for monitoring needs to be adjusted for uh, each patient. I hope I was able to give you a sense of uh, what patient population might be candidate for tyrosine kinase inhibitor uh, therapies, and uh, I thank you for your attention. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com CME. Thank you for listening.